Captain Cayman! A Passage of Deep Reflection There are many things about the journey that led us to becoming parents that I'm not sure I'll ever understand. I've stopped to think about it often, too. Angelique and I endured a lot over the course of seven and a half years, and our surviving it and our eventual rewards can be attributed to many things. It starts with never giving up. Of course, those feelings of hopelessness overwhelmed us as the pregnancy losses mounted, but eventually you become somewhat numb to any feeling of anticipation and go into autopilot in various aspects of your life in order to carry on and ultimately lose yourself in the web of infertility. This might not make any sense, but when I've looked back on the early years, that's exactly what we were both doing. We redirected all of our energy towards making a baby. Nothing else mattered. How did that happen? It's amazing how consumed one can become with trying to conceive. Work becomes a means to an end. Seeing babies or pregnant women quickly becomes an unpleasant event. And sex, yes, sex, becomes work and is generally no longer fun because the pressure is on to deliver the goods for a man and release that magical egg for a woman. One thing I know is that deciding to continue on takes a great deal of strength, and that strength comes and goes. Angelique and I traded places being up and down. Early on, while devastated over a pregnancy loss, she was able to pick herself up and remain positive, while I was not. I was crushed, defeated, and confused. I had not been accustomed to failing. Why was this happening to us? As the years went on, Angelique became discouraged and feared the consequences of continuing on and not succeeding. It became so frustrating that mentally she was checked out and going through the motions of fertility treatments having mastered not getting her hopes up. Once I recognized this, I knew that we had to change our outlook on what success was, and this is what ended up being the best path for us. There had to be a path with the balance we so desperately needed. I took on everything. All Angelique had to do was show up to appointments and try to remain calm and relaxed leading up to the embryo transfers. I managed the details of the IVF cycles, like when to take the medications and when to show up for appointments, dealt with the doctors, handled the financial aspects of each cycle, managed the cycle calendars, and protected my wife from as much bad news as I possibly could. As exhausting as that was, it was critical. We had been in the game a long time by the time we limped to our final, for financial reasons, IVF cycle. I had acquired more knowledge about infertility and what was going on throughout the entire process than I could have ever imagined. But it was all a product of this obsessive quest for success. There were so many milestones we'd dreamed about in a pregnancy, but never got close to achieving because we chose a different path. All of the medications Angelique had to take to stimulate multiple egg growth had numerous side effects. Each egg retrieval required her to take intravenous antibiotics after the retrieval procedure, and this wiped out her immune system each time. This resulted in her getting colds easily. Once upon a job, 
I had an unsupportive boss who, when I told them about our efforts to conceive, asked me how I could put my wife through that knowing the side effects. The polite answer was because I had no choice. When you have to seek the assistance of reproductive technologies, each path requires unique choices with defined outcomes and consequences. It's each person's choice to accept or reject the outcomes and consequences. In the case of our path, if a woman wants to carry a child and use her own eggs, she must endure injections with often unpredictable side effects and all with no guarantee that it will work. If a woman or a couple opt out of that, the risk can be shared and a surrogate could carry the pregnancy. If an egg donor is used, there are still injections to prepare the uterus, but the woman, if she gets pregnant, is carrying the child and must endure all that comes with that. That's not easy. I knew that after five unsuccessful cycles, it was extremely important for Angelique to carry a pregnancy, if it was possible. I can't help but look at it as her reward for her sacrifice and commitment to realizing her dream of becoming a mother. I have no idea how she put herself back together for our last cycle. I was sure that she was done and feared what that could mean for us. But I knew she was strong and just needed to get on a path with the best chance, given our history, of IVF attempts resulting in a viable pregnancy. Something strange happened to us once we found out Angelique was pregnant. We expected it to fail and couldn't figure out why it was continuing on without any of the issues we were used to happening at certain points in the process. Perhaps this was our acquired way of coping. Hopes were so low that we didn't know what to do or how to behave when there was legitimate cause for hope. I reflect on the serious talks we had with one another when it was clear that we were not only running out of time, money and patience, but emotional energy. They were not easy talks to have, trust me. The analyst slash manager in me looked at the situation as objectively as possible and came up with a list of what I felt the options were. It included many things. I won't list them all out, but they were a window into the reality that we weren't exactly on the same page about what could happen and what the options were. I was keenly aware that this experience, much like my father passing away, had changed me. How could it not? The emotional grind of trying to balance my hopes with the true statistics and odds of finding success that were always in play had become a constant and leading worry of mine. Let's keep it in perspective. Many couples have split up over infertility and for many different reasons. As a man, the desire to have children is just as primal as it is for a woman. I can see now why it's easy for some people to take having children for granted. People wonder how Angelique and I endured all of this heartache but there were stretches where we both felt like it wasn't going to be possible for us. I remember we were invited to a church and we went there and when it was time to pray, Angelique just broke down and cried as she was asking God for a baby and didn't understand why it was so hard. I comforted her, but deep down I wondered the same thing. We had so many people praying for us over the years. Back then, we were hoping that the ask and you shall receive cliche would work for us. Eventually, we both knew what we had to do in order to protect ourselves should we decide to continue. 
Angelique disconnected from Facebook, declined any and every baby shower invitation, and also steered clear as much as possible from conversations about children. Seeing a baby bump when out around town was probably the most painful trigger for her. Female readers of this book familiar with the struggle have probably also glared at a glowing but complete stranger with a baby bump and whispered to themselves, bitch. Anger is a natural emotion we're confronted with when someone else has something we desperately want. People who have struggled for years with infertility and end up trying multiple paths out are judged and criticized for their dedication to their cause. One of the toughest judgments is when a couple, or one half of the equation, decides that there is only one path for them. For example, the man or woman determines that it must be their biological child. That's any person's right, though. For a woman, that position can have devastating consequences, since there's a time factor in play in terms of equality, and it really does depend on the nature of the issue that's preventing a viable pregnancy. That was our original position, but we ended up compromising, and it was a very fair compromise, especially considering we weren't certain Angelique could carry a pregnancy at all. Angelique's position on having a biological connection changed after seeing a presentation we attended in Pasadena given by Dr. Kolb, who helped us find success. That slide showed the success rate with donor eggs, and it was consistently higher, regardless of the woman's age. That was very attractive and exactly what Angelique needed. That had to have made it easier to accept for her. I was willing to compromise because I wanted her to experience pregnancy, and I really only had one condition associated with using an egg donor. We both had to come to the conclusion that this person was special. Ideally, we hoped to find someone we both felt connected to and could relate to. I have no idea how we ended up being so lucky with the donor we had, but someone was looking out for us big time. I didn't touch on donor sperm much thus far in the book, but that is another form of compromise on the man's side. Sometimes there's a male infertility factor that cannot be overcome, and a man must process a sense of loss. Hundreds of millions of sperm are released in an ejaculation, so there's pride in play as that's a whole lot of opportunities for success. I don't know how you thank someone for that, honestly. We were blessed with three babies, all at once, all healthy and thriving, and all unique and loved to pieces by so many. Now though, each day is a triple blessing. We couldn't imagine not having all three babies in our lives. They bring us so much joy and remind us just how precious life is. Gifts that were made possible due to the efforts of a selfless egg donor with a big heart and a passion for helping others and the perfect carrier of these miracles, my wife. What a team they made throughout this process. It all happened so fast after we chose our donor. Actually, it was a no-brainer. That was an interesting time for all involved. We had two women embarking on IVF cycles for completely different reasons, and we ended up with completely different outcomes. Knowing that our donor was going through her IVF cycle at the same time as us, and it was her first, we ended up serving as mentors given we were the veterans in the equation. One thing that was known, but not openly discussed, was that the cycle could fail for either of us. 
It would have been particularly devastating for us, but the potential for unpredictable feelings surrounding a loss for either party were high. We had connected with our donor and vice versa. How would one party support the other if it didn't work out? What could the successful party possibly say? It was something that if asked, you could say what you would do or how you would feel, but not with any degree of certainty. We didn't want our donor to experience even a fraction of what we did, but it happened. It wasn't up to us. Same path, IVF, different factors. When it didn't work out for her with her IVF cycle that she did at the same time as Angelique, having split her donated eggs with her, I was upset about it. I didn't think it was fair that someone who had given such a beautiful gift to so many couples should have to experience a loss like we had. I remember hanging out with the donor's husband in downtown Pasadena. We went out for a long walk to the Rose Bowl and around town before finding a place to sit down and chat over a pitcher of sangria. He had a great attitude about their journey and what led them to do IVF. Essentially, it was out of his control, and it is what it is, but there was plenty of reason to be optimistic. The reality of the situation was that they were both just as ready as we were to be parents. The irony for our donor was that she was in the infertility industry and used to being on the other side of the table. The struggle is real and the triggers are a nuisance when encountered. What I've shared in this chapter is what makes our story so special. You would never imagine an intended parent and a donor actually hitting it off and developing a special bond beyond the cycle itself. Even stranger is my interactions with the donor, where we managed the cycle together, talked all the time, and nobody thought anything of it because it was what needed to be done, and it worked. I often wondered how the donor was able to separate the various emotions, especially after the babies were born. Seeing so many pictures, it takes a special person, truly. But if I'm going to guess, it's easier when you know the babies you helped create are in a nurturing, supportive environment with parents who love them to pieces. It's no different than changing a life by donating an organ. We really appreciate her efforts. Our happiness was always her primary concern, and her commitment to helping solve our case was extremely important to us. If egg donation were illegal as a general practice and option, so many lives would be impacted and so many people would not have the chance to realize their dream of being parents. This path allowed my wife to believe in herself again, and in a way, heal. The emotional scars were deep. I know this because talking about certain aspects of our unique journey with her almost instantly gets the tears flowing, because if you close your eyes, you're right back there. That's how it is for us both. You move on with your life, but you never forget. You can't and you shouldn't. Your experiences make you who you are. We believe these experiences will make us better parents and more understanding when it comes to couples that may be silently struggling. We've been there, done that, and know firsthand it's not a pleasant experience to endure. We are thankful there are options available for couples to choose from. 